Shaya, and you're listening to Career Solutions. Today we have Andy Burschauer. So Andy, could you briefly explain what you do and your day-to-day responsibilities? Yeah, you bet. Uh, thanks for inviting me to this, Dr. Shaya. Uh, I am a client partner in a consulting company, and what that means is I'm responsible for work that my company does for clients. So uh, I, I manage a portfolio of, uh, of high-tech clients, and uh, we do projects for them, and I'm responsible at the end of the day for all the projects that we're doing. If there's things that are great, hopefully myself and the team get the praise, and things go bad, it's up to me to figure out how we, how we fix it. Um, similarly, we want to bring ideas uh, to, our, to our clients so that they, when, when they have an objective they want to meet, um, we can think of ways that maybe they haven't thought of, give them ideas on how to attack a problem or solve, uh, solve an issue that they have or achieve some kind of growth that they're looking for. And because I'm part of a large company, I can draw from many examples from across all kinds of places. And so the other part of my job is to, is to bring those ideas to the client. So I'm really kind of part executive on the work that we do and part salesperson. So other than your team, who do you most closely work with? Is it just your clients? I work a lot with the clients, um, so we'll be meeting with them, reviewing the work that we're doing, um, also getting an idea of what's coming down the pipeline for them, what, what important things do they need to get ahead of, and uh, that gives me an opportunity to think of how can, how can we help them. I can go back to leaders in, in my company for different practice areas to say, this is what my client needs to do, this is coming down the, uh, down the road for them maybe in the next few months. Um, we should think of ways that we can help them out. And so I'll, I'll bring those people to meet the clients and I'll create that, so that introduction and, and facilitate those meetings so that, uh, so that the clients can get the ideas from our experts and decide how they want to move forward. So work a lot with the clients, a lot with our leadership, and also try and interact a lot with our teams. So how did you approach this career? What were some steps you need to take in order to reach where you are today? So I, I studied engineering in college, and, uh, and so my, my engineering degree was, was aeronautical engineering, aeronautics and aerospace. And so, so going into technology consulting isn't an obvious choice. It's not, it's not uh, unusual, but it's not an obvious choice. An obvious choice would be going to work for Boeing and, and work in aerodynamics or work in spacecraft at Lockheed Martin or something like that. Um, but uh, it, it just it just kind of happened a little bit by chance in that when I graduated, the economy was really bad, kind of like things are now. <laughs> things, things were things were not really good when I graduated. But I had some friends who had, who had graduated a year ahead of me who had joined a consulting company who had an office in the Seattle area where I'm from, and um, and I was talking with them about how they how they liked it because they had engineering degrees or they had other kinds of degrees that weren't obvious choices, at least to me, um, for, for business and technology consulting. And they said they loved it. So I threw my hat in the ring and I, I applied for a uh, on-campus interview and, and I happened to get the interview. And, and uh, you know, the, the funny thing about the interview is, is the, the guy who interviewed me said, you've got a nice looking resume, but you're an engineer and I solve business problems. And so tell me why I should hire you. And I tried to make a joke with him saying, I should ask you that question because you're the one interviewing engineers, but he didn't really take it as a joke. Uh, But I just said, look, engineers are trained to solve problems. You have problems, 
uh, at Boeing, they have they have problems. Um, and the way that you solve a problem is pretty common, even if the type of problem is different. So you want to hire people who who have been trained to solve problems. And I think that was the answer they got to be the job offer. So it sounds like you know your degree, you know your and your job, they weren't as tightly related as you would expect it to be. So when you were in college, approaching the degree, what were some jobs you had planned out? Oh, I had expected to work for a company like Boeing. Um, I was really interested in space, and you know, Boeing has a space division, um, as well as commercial aircraft and that sort of thing. And, and you know, Boeing is right in my backyard, so I, I kind of had my sights set there. But as I as I got further on into my college career, you know, by the time I was into the second half of my junior year or what have you, I was learning more about other companies, and so I was really looking around at different places and. and, and Different things. What, what really what made me choose my major, in fact, was there was a satellite uh, spacecraft that went out to take pictures of Jupiter, and these beautiful pictures that came back really made me go, "Wow!" And I said, I'd, "I'd like to, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be involved. I'd like to be involved with that." Um, and so that that's how I ended up, you know, choosing my major. And, and those are the types of companies then that uh, that appealed to me initially. So. Uh... Is this your dream job, or like, did you have a different path in mind when you were growing up? Uh, well, when I was growing up, I can't really say I had any particular path in mind. I think, like any kid, depending on the day, I want to do something different. Maybe I wanted to build houses like my dad did, or maybe I wanted to, uh, maybe I wanted to be a fireman or something like that. I, and, and even going into high school, I didn't really have something set. Although I did really like science and math. I, I excelled at that in high school, and so I started to get the idea that that may be, um, that may be where I was going. But also, I was really interested in politics, because when I was in high school, we had a very dynamic president. Ronald Reagan was the president when I was in high school, and and I hadn't been interested in politics at all, but this guy, he spoke so well, and, and uh, uh, just his personality really captured my attention, and so I actually intended to major in politics, in uh, political science when I went to college. That was my first intention. But my older brother uh, basically said, it's a waste of your brain. <laughs> You're good at math and science. Go do something in math and science. <laughs> and he ended up talking me out of uh, majoring in political science, probably probably for the best. No, I shouldn't say it's for the best. Um, I, I really think people should do what they're interested in. And I happen to have two interests, and I had to choose one. So you work at consulting now. So what interests you about this field, and what's your favorite part about it? Well, what interests me about consulting, and the reason I've been in consulting for as long as I have, uh, I've I've been in consulting for more than twenty years. Um, what I really like about it is that it changes all the time. And I remember I had a professor in college who he really liked being an electrical engineer because you had all kinds of problems you worked on. He said, I can't imagine being a mechanical engineer at Boeing and being the left, you know, the best left wingtip designer in the world. And that's a bit unfair because I don't think that's really how it works. But that was his that was his opinion. But that kind of applies to how I look at things too. I can't see myself just doing one thing all the time. But in my consulting career, I've had the opportunity to work in all kinds of different areas, solve all kinds of different problems, whether they're technical in nature, or whether they're business in nature, or whether they're procedural in nature. And I've worked in places like IT, 
I worked in product groups at Microsoft. In fact, at Microsoft, I've, I've worked in more areas of the business than most Microsoft employees have. My, my wife is a Microsoft employee, and we used to go to the Christmas parties, and um, we, we had kind of a uh, kind of a fun competition about who knew more people at the Christmas parties. And I, I, I always knew more people because I've worked in all these different areas of the business, and she worked primarily in uh, office marketing. So she knew a lot more people in office marketing than I did, but I knew a lot more people around different areas of the business. So in many jobs there are promotions and demotions, but in your career, what does success look like? Well, for a consultant, the market success is pretty easy. And it is, is your client successful to the point where they want to buy more work from you or where they want to make a referral to somebody else? Um, my bosses in the consulting business, um, you know, they're going to measure me by, am I bringing in more revenue this year than I did last year? But the that, that's an easy thing to say. It's an easy thing to measure you on. It's an easy, easy thing to say that more revenue is is the measure of success. But really, what's underneath getting more revenue is the success of our clients. And if I do a bad job, my client will never hire me again. And we'll, we'll say, you know, we'll recommend to others that they'll hire me. If I do a good job, they're likely to hire me again and likely to recommend me to others. So, so their happiness really is the measure of my success. So what about professional or personal growth or development? There's a, the, the best-run consulting companies have a very robust professional education system. Um, I started out at a company called Accenture in my, uh, when I was first out of university. And my first three weeks at Accenture were simply doing what they called green books. And it was learning, um, learning the language of how they do business, learning the types of projects they do, the types of tools they use. And then we took that three weeks of learning and went to a town just outside of Chicago, Illinois, for another three weeks of intensive training where we worked on a mock project. And we worked with mock clients. It was very much an, an immersion type of situation where you were doing a project um, for people who were pretending to be clients and, and what have you. And so my first six weeks were all training, and then you get put into a project. And then you're still learning because in the consulting business, you're constantly training the people that are on your team, the people below you, because you want to move up to something bigger, and so you need somebody to come in behind you and fill the space that you're leaving. So you're always training your replacement. Um, and... Uh, so it, it's it's constantly learning, especially if you get thrown into uh, thrown into a project that you don't have a lot of experience in. My first project, for example, was in uh, uh, time and attendance systems, creating a time and attendance systems for employees of Boeing who you know worked on the shop floor, the people who were actually building the planes. And uh, I, I knew nothing about time and attendance systems, but you learn what the requirements are for the process of doing it and working with more senior people. And so um, there's that on-the-job training that happens, as well as in addition to the first six weeks that were kind of classroom training, I went back once a year 
uh, after that to Chicago to uh, to take more formal education. There was a whole course catalog of things that were generic, like systems design, systems integration, or very specific, like ERP systems or customer care systems, uh, type of thing. So if you were at a point in your career where you were specializing in something, you wanted to get really deep in that, there were courses where you could go much, much deeper. So would you say that the training aspect was the challenging part of your job, or was there any other obstacles that you had to overcome? No, I don't think the training is, is so much uh, so much a challenge. I mean, the, the only challenge really with training is how you fit it into a busy schedule. Um, but, uh, you know, the consult, consulting companies want you to make time for your, your personal development as well. Um, the challenging parts of it is sometimes what the client wants or needs and what they're willing to what they're willing to uh, approve might not always line up especially especially if something is new um if there's you know we we solve the same problem you have mr client over at this other company let me show you how that worked and so if that's a new thing it takes a lot to bring the client around to say uh you know say that's good that's gonna work for us and uh, so it is, you know, it's a, it's a constant, uh, it's constantly working with them to, to demonstrate how something works, maybe doing some, uh, doing some proofs of concept and some pilots to show that it actually works. It is one thing to work on paper, it's another thing to actually work in the, in the business place. And so getting the client to that place where to do something new to help solve the problem they have uh, can sometimes be challenging. But, you know, that's, if those things were easy, there wouldn't be consultants. So I want to go back to your high school experience and such. So how did you pick your colleges? And, like, what were some factors that went into your decision? Yeah, so I didn't actually put a lot of, uh, a lot of time into... Uh, into the selection of my college. When, when I applied for college, it's very different than it is now. Um, you know, it, it may have been super challenging and really competitive to get into Harvard and MIT, but I wasn't applying to Harvard and MIT. I applied to one university, the University of Washington, uh, which was my local state university. And, um, you know, there weren't anywhere near the number of applicants back when I applied, and so the, the competitive nature of things um, weren't quite as as rigorous as, as they are today with so many more people applying for spots in, in these universities. Um, but I was also a very good high school student. I was in the top 5% of my class, so I was pretty confident that I was going to get into the university, which is probably a reason why I didn't, uh, why I didn't have even safety schools or anything like that. So you mentioned your high school. So what were some classes that an extracurriculars that you took when you were in high school? Yeah. So I mentioned that I like science and math, yeah, yeah. and so I took I took four years of science. I took four years of math. I took four years of foreign language. Four years of English, um, and you know a smattering of electives uh, here, there, and the other place. Um, you know, I was in I was in music for four years as well. Um, so, uh, but. A lot of science, science and math was kind of where, where I emphasized uh, my time because that was what I really enjoyed. Um, for extracurriculars, I was part of school clubs, and they were mostly for fun. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't part of, 
I, you know, I wasn't part of any professional type of clubs that maybe was was grooming me for you know, kind of pre-college grooming for a major or a career or something like that because there are those kinds of clubs. I, I joined things like the bike club and I went on bike rides a couple times a month with my friends. Um, I, I don't remember, I, I was part of a, some kind of sports club. I, I wasn't big enough or talented enough to be on the high school sports teams, but there were club sports that I could, that I could join and and that sort of thing. So most of my extracurriculars were fun extracurriculars, except when, uh, uh, you know, I also did a lot of work for my dad's company. I did have a job taking care of yards. He was uh, he was a realtor. After he quit building houses, he became a realtor to sell houses. And his company managed a lot of uh, a lot of homes that were on the market. And so they hired me and my brother to mow the lawns and pull the weeds and clean the gutters and, you know, fix a fence if it needed fixing or that sort of thing. So just general maintenance around the house. So I think most of most high schoolers are very eager about college and, you know, they believe that college will be easier or very different. So how would you compare your high school experience versus your college experience? Yeah, so well, there's, there's one big difference between high school and college for most people. Um, and that is that you don't, you're not living at home with your parents. So you don't, you don't have that, you don't have that fallback. You have to do things on your own. So there's a lot of autonomy. Um, professors don't care if you go to class or not. If you do poorly on the test, you're not going to get a good grade. But if you're in class learning this material and doing your homework, and you're disciplined about that, you're probably going to get a good grade. But they're not checking, they're not taking attendance every day. Um, so what you do is what you tell yourself you're going to do and what you make yourself do. You don't have parents saying, get out of bed, <laughs> you're going to be late for class. Um, uh, none of that kind of thing. So when it, comes to, when it comes to choosing your major, when it comes to what classes do I need to have as prerequisites, when it comes to figuring out when my finals are going to be, when it comes out time to figure out Am I running out of money on my food plan? Those are things that I have to take care of. Mom and dad aren't doing it for me. <laughs> and, and my parents never went to college, so even if I wanted them to help me, they probably wouldn't have known how to. So the, 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 the big difference is the amount of responsibility you have, but that comes with autonomy, and that can be a lot of fun, too. It's, it's, a, it's really a growth experience in college. So do you have any uh, advice for high schoolers or like future consultants that want to work uh, in your field, I guess? Yeah, I would say pursue what really interests you. Um, I don't think that if you, you know, if you uh, are really interested in the fine arts, it's going to be hard to force yourself to study technology and become a technology consultant, for example. So you really want to pursue what interests you. Um, uh, an example of this is when my daughter was in junior high, she was part of some group that took a tour of a company called IDEO, which is a Palo Alto-based design consulting firm. And she said, I want to go work for IDEO. She thought it was so cool, the projects that they did, and the things they had up in their lobby, and they were just hanging up there on the projects that they did, and the designs that they had, had made. And so she took me one day, she, she wanted me to see IDEO. And so we were there, we were kind of peeking in the windows, and as we were walking down the alley, these two consultants came out of the building, and they were heading across the alley to a loft area they had for, you know, as creative space for them to brainstorm ideas for their project. And so I stopped them, and I said, uh, I said, uh, my daughter here would really like to work for IDEO one day, and 
wonder if you have any advice for her on, on what she should do to prepare for a career with IDEO. And they just kind of looked at each other and said, whatever you want. The most important thing is that you love what you're doing and you get really good at it. Um, you know, if you, travel, if you travel the world and all these broad experiences, that's really valuable to us because we hire people from everywhere. We hire anthropologists, we hire technologists, we hire business people, we hire uh, chemists, we hire uh, you know, mechanical engineers. They hire from all over the place because a broad perspective is where ideas come from. And so I would just say, you know, feed your curiosity, pursue what really interests you, and, uh, and keep a broad perspective. You know, don't limit yourself to one thing. Now, my daughter today is now majoring in physics at the University of Washington. She's going to minor in French. And she takes as many art classes as she can cram into her schedule. And if there's one thing you notice about those three disciplines, is there's not a lot of obvious connective tissue between them. Um, but but she's keeping a broad perspective. She's pursuing the things that really interest her, and I think that's going to pay off down the road. Thank you, Annie. That was really great advice. And that concludes our interview today. I want to thank you for um, I mean, recording with us. And yeah, thank you. All right, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. Bye.